Umget Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the summer of 1947, a clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts battled the forces of evil in the skies over America. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Unfathomable Phantasm. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she was on her way to rejoin her friends in the skies over New York City as they battled with the Beast. I'm back. Brassy Battalion, report in. Welcome back, Dixie. I'm here, honey. We ain't been doing too bad. But we haven't been doing too well, either. Da, the Beast is, how you say, a difficult knot to open. As Dixie approached the majestic Empire State Building, she was surprised to discover that monstrous Leviathan had nearly climbed to the top in her absence. Oh, criminy. Whatever the Beast is intending to do, it ain't no good. Form up on my wing, we're going in. I'm with you, Dixie. It was at this time that the bipedal locomotion of one nefarious ne'er-do-well finally arrived to join in on the action. I don't think I've ever run so hard in all my life. Or worked so hard in all your life. Quiet, you. Don't disparage Reginald P. Billingsley just because things come easy to him. I disparage Reginald P. Billingsley only because of the way he treats those around him. Oh, well, in that case, carry on. Plebe. Why, I oughta... But you can't. Back to narration with you. <laughs> After catching his breath, <sighs> Billingsley ran into the lobby of the Empire State Building and spotted the stairs. Are you mad? I just ran through the entire city chasing a reptilian beast that's exponentially faster than I am. I shall do no such thing. Look, it says right in the script that I take the elevator. Billingsley ran into the lobby of the Empire State Building and spotted the elevator. Aha! But was dismayed to find the elevator out of order. Now hold on, that's not in the script. It is now. You can't do that. I just did. Now who's the plebe? <clears throat> Billingsley ran into the lobby of the Empire State Building and spotted the elevator, which was out of order. And so he took the stairs. Going up. Meanwhile, Volker's bleeps and bloops led the remnants of SCAR on a wild goose chase through the bustling metropolis. That thing is so annoying. But useful. Oh, so useful. We'll see. We do see. We do? Don't you see? <gasps> there it is! The Beast's ship! Oh my gosh! Look at it! It's hideous! It's all gnarled and creepy! And broken and spooky! And it's just what we've been looking for! Bulger, you did it! I did? Oh, I mean, yes, of course I did. I always knew it would work. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Nebulon! <laughs> Oh, fine, fine, whatever. Nebulon 2000! What do you require, you odiferous organic orangutan? Tear the ship apart! That is it? That's your grand plan? There 
There's something inside. Something I need. Where shall I look? Find the engine. That should lead you to the fuel tank. Aha! Uh -huh. Is such blue goo? Dear Lord in heaven, help us all. Now, a word from our sponsor, the Irreplaceable Umket Industries. Don tootin' the Irreplaceable! And I wonder what irreplaceable product we shall be delighted with this fine day. Ask the man who's irreplaceable! With the Irreplaceable Assistant. You know it's true. Aha! He's amazing, he's astounding, not a charlatan, not confounding, the uh, Amazing no! It is I! With you! Little old me! And I! The amazing knoll and misfortune divine! Together at last and now for all time! Now, what is this I hear tell about us being irreplaceable? You are! Oh, it's true! Get it. Miss Fortune, do not. Mmm, get Studios, New York, New York. Who may I ask is calling? It is I, the Dean. Of, of learning? Of many a mainstay of higher education? Yes, my dear. All of those things and more. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the amazing Noel is quite replaceable. I assure you. Say it ain't so. Oh, it is quite very so. Now, if you'd be so kind, please ask him if he'd care to answer my accusations from the episode previous. One moment, please. Mr. Amazing Knoll, sir. Tell him I'm not here. Oh, but he said... I have given my answer. Uh, are, are you asking me to lie, sir? I... I am a good, upstanding American woman. I could never. Very well then, we shall make it the truth. Noel? Noel? I do believe he's gone. Um, <clears throat> Mr. The Dean? Yes, my dear? The, the amazing Noel isn't here at the moment. How convenient for him to be absent as his better calls him out to a duel of wits. <gasps> well... I never. Good day, sir. Now, madam, I... I said good day. Land sakes! Is it over? Wouldn't you know that it was? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. I meant it is over. You know it's not over. This fine advertisement. Oh, I fear we've lost our place. The only thing you should fear, my good man, is running out of the proper ingredients at home in your kitchens. And that's why I'm here today to tell you about Umket Replacement Foodstuffs. Take what you got and throw it all out. Replacement foodstuffs are what it's all about. You know, sometimes I grow tired of eating the same things day after day. Maybe you'd like to try something different. 
Something delicious. Something with a marvelous flavor that just knocks the spots off any other foodstuffs you've tried. Now, if that's the case, why don't you ask your mother to let you have a big bowl of crackly, crunchy, golden brown, mmm, get replacement foodstuffs. Ask for the big, husky package for wide-awake boys and girls who not only start things, but finish them. I hate sleepy kids. And things that go unfinished. I'm not sure I see how any of that applies, and I'm not sure I care. You can be sold on everything we say. So listen to what you're told and do it right away. Your mother will be mighty glad to let you have Umket replacement foodstuffs, too. For most any fellow's or girl's mother wants to see them eat a big heaping bowl of nourishment. And your mother probably already knows that authorities now recognize that Mket replacement foodstuffs supply the very same amount of heat-producing units as the foodstuffs they're replacing. Actual authorities? With heat-producing units? That all sounds so official and technical. It must be true. And it is. Remind your mother to look for the famous seal of acceptance of the Umket Medical Association whenever she buys Umket replacement foodstuffs. That seal means so much to her and tells her that Mket replacement foodstuffs are a pure product, honestly advertised. And, honestly, we're advertising it. You can't ask for more truth than that. Truth in advertising is advertising truth. Mket would never lie, patriotic forsooth. And another thing, you'll say... It's swell. Well, golly, I already think it's swell. You see... It's proof positive. And just what might Umket replacement foodstuffs replace? Why, anything you like. Use it to make sugarless cookies. Cakeless cakes. Eggless eggs. Meatless meat. And even catless cat food. It can do all that? But of course. And it's delicious too. Just watch Miss Fortune try some. Um, it tastes like cock. <laughs> Did she just say... A little-known use for Umket replacement foodstuff leftovers is that if you just mix with three parts water, it makes an excellent replacement cork. You can fix your bathroom right up. I feel like I just gained ten pounds. Actually, I'd say fifteen from the looks of it. Umket replacement foodstuffs leftovers also make excellent replacement filler for your bowling balls. (gasps) That's amazing, Noel. I know. Give us one more prediction. I'm getting something. Yes. Yes. (gasps) No. No, 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 no. What is it? There is great strife in my future. I must away to prepare. Um, excuse me, but why do I have a sudden craving for a pair of bacteria-ridden communal shoes? We now rejoin our program, where things are about to get a lot dicier for our heroes, and for our villains. In the air, Brassy Battalion buzzed the beast, still attempting to halt its ascent. Damn it, he won't stop! It's not working. Ah, we're not getting close enough. If we want to stop it, we must 
aggravated further. If we get any closer, he'll slice us like a fresh rhubarb pie. I've never had so much trouble getting attention. I can tell you that. Whatever it's doing, it's got some crazy single-minded determination. Back at the remnants of the beast ship. Brenny. Ahem. And you got annoyed with me? Quiet! <clears throat> Back at the remnants of the beast ship. Geist has absorbed the last of the blue goo. And now to recapture the beast and end Dixie Stenberg once and for all! Well, that's all well and good. Or perhaps more accurately, all well and evil, but what about us? Yeah, is there nothing for us to do? Yeah, it's not like we brought the seat covers with us. You want something to do? Fine, I'll give you something to do. You destroy this ship, do you understand me? All of it! And with that, Geist flew off towards the heart of the action. Um, so what now? I don't know. Don't look at me. I was never very into demolitions. If you want something done, right? Only send a machine to do it. What was that? That sounded like high-grade munitions. Look, to the south. There's so much smoke. Blue smoke. What could have caused that? It's the beast ship. It did that after I shot it down. If you shot it down, then why is it exploding again now? Tommy, you sure Nev was taken care of? Yes. There was no mistaking that one. And I saw Benny destroy two others. Nah, Pilzer and Lunger. Who does that leave? Falkenstein is still out there somewhere. I was gonna go after him, but I was worried about Benny. You made the right call, Lily. Now I'd live to fight another day. Yes, but if Walther is still out there, then it stands to reason Billingsley might be as well. But he crashed. Joseph forced him from the air. Yeah, and I'd do it again, too. It's possible he's still alive. Or it's possible there are other members of Scar on American soil. Do you really think she... There's only one way to know. You guys stay on the beast. I'm gonna check it out. With so much smoke, you will not see much from here. You'll have to land. You'll be gone so long, there'll be nothing left of us by the time you return. The beast will have its way with us. Have a little faith, guys. There's always a way. Don't worry. I won't have to land. I've got an ace up my sleeve. Dixie opened her throttle and soared over the streets of New York City, zeroing in on the plume of azure fumes rising from the ground. As she got closer, it almost appeared as if the blue smoke was moving in a most unnatural way. It wasn't just rising into the air. It seemed to be coming right for her. What the heck? But, dear listeners, it wasn't blue smoke at all. It was the ghostly, ethereal geist flying through the air on a beeline for the Empire State Building. Christ! Dixie pulled hard on the controls, but it was too late. Geist flew straight through the Thunderbolt's propeller, losing nary a wisp of her spectral form. She slithered right up the fuselage, through the canopy, into the cockpit, and shot right through our very own Dixie Stenberg. <laughs> As Geist emerged from the tail of the plane and continued on her journey, Dixie was left in the cockpit of the Amber Avenger, her body convulsing with shivers. She struggled to keep control of her fighter, struggled to maintain consciousness. But the struggle was in vain as her eyes rolled and her head dropped, and darkness claimed her. <sighs> and so it is, dear listeners, that through the magic of radio and the theater of the mind, 
that we are able to travel with Dixie as she experiences. Listen. What the juice? Where am I? It's the beast. It's everywhere. No. No, it's on the Empire State Building. It can't be here. Where's here? What's going on? Wake up, Dixie. Wake up! <gasps> oh, my head! That's the least of your worries, Dixie. My plane! The ground! The ground! Cripes! Dixie's engine had stalled while she was unconscious, and she fought to regain control. As the ground rose like a cake in the oven, Dixie got the engine restarted, jammed the control stick down, and pulled out of the nosedive. Great googly moogly, that was close. As she zoomed past the wreckage of the beast ship, she could make out three people seemingly admiring the wreckage. Can't tell who they are. But then a portion of the smoke cleared, and the sun glinted off an unmistakable green metallic hull. Nebula. Her suspicions confirmed, Dixie reached for that ace in her sleeve, or rather, the robot in her bomb casing. Oh no, a bomb. Oh no, not again. Uh, again? What again? Attention, Nazi transgressors. Surrender now or you shall be robotically disassembled. Ah! So, we meet again at last. For the last robotic time. These sticky skin sacks are under my protection. How very unlike you. Even we evil automatons respect the chain of command. How about you respect my machine gun hand? That tickles. Do it some more. And then give me your game. Meanwhile, Dixie poured on the speed as she tried to make sense of the vision she saw when Geist flew through her. Oh, vision, mission, it was just a dream. Are you sure? I ain't got no time to ponder silly dreams. I'm through playing Ms. Nice Gal with this beast. It's time to end this. Dixie approached the majestic skyscraper as the beast hung atop it, swatting at her fellow pilots as they buzzed around it like gnats. But those gnats were soon to become mosquitoes. Brassy Battalion, the beast has reached the roof. Innocents are out of harm's way. Your guns are free. Dixie flew faster and faster, eager to end the fight. When she spotted Geist on the roof. Damn it! And then the doors to the observation deck opened, and out strolled one Reginald P. Billingsley. And now, to finally take what's rightfully mine. The gang's all here. It's an... A braiding assemblage. This production has starred Renee Christine Jones as Dixie Stenberg. It's the beginning of the end. Mark Zarekor as Frank McGuff. What about the ones of us that ain't there, because we're over here? We can't be everywhere at once, Frank. Hmm. Is Sad you missing out on all the action? Sad I'm missing out on my flashy backy episode. You never know. It could still happen. 
There's two episodes to go. Yeah, well, it should have been this one, I tells you. Oh, quit being sore. You know, you ain't had a flashy-backy episode yet either, Dix. Hey, you're right. Where's that writer? Quit being sore, you said. Huh. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. You know, I'm not entirely displeased about having to share my flashbacky episode, because that means I still got more than Dixie did. <laughs> you sure you want to be cackling within arm's reach of me? <clears throat> Jeremiah McCoy as Archibald Withersby. I have calculated my chances of getting a flashbacky episode, and they are exactly 0%. But you don't see me crying about it, do you? Well, no. I guess not. Good, because if you had been spying on me in my dressing room, that would be underhanded, unfortunate, and unacceptable. Pete Mylan as Freudenberg. So what, I go from three roles in one episode to not even being in the next one except for the credits? And let's talk about that for a minute. The credits in this script are eight pages long. Not to mention that the commercial is seven pages long. That's half the script. We could have defeated Scar like ten issues ago. I was Frank and Dix. We need to find that writer. Scott Vinicombe as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. Tarnation, such enmity. Anthony Pacelli as Joey Scalzetti. Yeah, the enmities are always in the credits. Bill, Volker, Geist. Oh, no, son, no. Uh, just, just stop while you can. Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. Oh, I think Dixie deserves her fair flashy-backy. <coughs> oh, uh, and uh, Frank, too. <laughs> yes. You were just saying that about Dix because she's your wife. Well, no. I mean, yes, uh, but not only that. The show is named for her, after all. We serve her pleasure. After all, she's the strongest, most capable, Stop most... Stop it! You're embarrassing me. Don't you dare get all sappy. Right. Sorry. Harry Whittle as Benedict Ederchenko. Um, uh, I do not know how to follow that. Well, you would if you had a better line. Nah, it's true. I agree with others. Writers should be found and shot. That might be a bit extreme. Can I at least bend his bones until he does what we'd like? Maybe. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. If it means I can get more time to kiss Freudenberg, I'm all for it. Oh, mein Lieber, we do not need a city writer for that. Oh, Freudenberg. Oh, Lily. Shouldn't you two, you know, be next to each other to get your smooching on? I'm trying. I can't move. Me either. Stupid writer. What a big meanie. Fine, fine. You made your point, Mr. Typewriter in the sky. Can we move on already? Catherine Pride as Geist. I used to dislike him, but maybe this writer fellow isn't so bad. Justin Dobby as Volker. Are you thinking of asking him to join SCAR? Our rakes have been thinning lately. We seem to be left with the dregs. Philip Weber as SCAR Trooper One. Oh, how insulting. David Alt as SCAR Trooper 2. Yeah, I know. What are we, chopped bunt? Yeah, I rest my case. Sing it, sister. Woo! Kristen Bays as the Umket Triplets. Do you think the writer's cute? I bet he's just so handsome. He's not. Trust me. Bill Young as the Amazing Noel. It's true! 
He's the most insidious looking man to ever walk the earth. Also, he's pasty and a poor planner. M. Sierra Garcia as Miss Fortune Divine. Well, gosh. What did he ever do to you? What did he ever do to me? What did he ever do to me? The nice announcer man will tell you exactly what he did to me. He brought back... Jerry Crawford as the Dean. There shall be a reckoning, sir. I say a reckoning. Ryan Pickens as Robot 153. I don't know about reckonings, but I sure could use recalibrating. Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon 2000. Of course you could, because I cleaned your clock. I should thank you for that. I've had grime stuck in there for years. It was the least I could do before I disassemble and destroy you. Sam Young as the Beast. There shall be a reckoning and destruction, and you shall all perish. <laughs> and Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. Ah! This is Seth Adamsher, and I second that eep. Stay tuned next time for a very important message only at PendantAudio.com. You've been listening to a pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, brought to you by Umket Replacement Foodstuffs. And remember... Umket Replacement Foodstuffs works well to replace all your old, boring foodstuffs. And it also makes excellent replacement filler for your bowling balls. Oh, I... I feel so bloated. Stay safe, America, and good night. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Bill Fisher, assistant director Bruce Busby. Umkit Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2010, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.